Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. Here is your host, Neil Satin. Neil, take it away. And here is your co-host, Chloe Urban. Chloe, take it away. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, you already took it away. <laughs> anyway, good morning or afternoon or whatever time it is that you happen to be listening. It's great to be here with you. I am here with Chloe, and we are recording on the 4th of July, which here in the United States of America is a day that we celebrate our independence. And apologies to all of you listening in the UK. Trust me, we don't take it personally anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, we're, we're celebrating our day of freedom, and... I thought it would be great to have Chloe here on the show, and thankfully she said yes in more ways than one. And uh, because we just celebrated a ritual to get engaged. So Chloe and I are now on the path to getting married, um, which will be in about a year. And in the meantime, we thought it would be a great opportunity to chat with you a little bit about marriage and freedom, going with the 4th of July theme. And, and I wanted you to hear from both of us on how, uh, how the choice to be committed is impacting our freedom for the better. Um, as a reminder, before we dive in, I wanted to just remind you that Chloe and I, on our site, which is different than my site, my site is neilsatin.com, and our site together is thenewloveparadigm.com, and we have a free guided meditation that you can download there that's all about how to transform any pain that you're feeling into possibility. And if you're interested in that, you can go to thenewloveparadigm.com or you can text the word POSSIBLE to the number 33444 and follow the instructions, which will get you a link to download the free meditation. So I think that's all the business that I wanted to cover. And during the business, I let it drop that we had this ritual this weekend. So... Um, maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so Chloe, maybe you can fill our listeners in a little bit about what was different. How did we even come to having a ritual around engagement? You mean I didn't just like get down on one knee and say, will you be mine forever? And, you know, there were trumpets and fireworks and rose petals and... <laughs> and a big fat diamond ring like that's not how it played out not exactly <laughs> we um we've been talking about getting married for a while now um but there was something in me that was really kind of attached to the fantasy of getting proposed to um but after some further conversation and reflection on that, I realized how much of that for me was um, sort of buying into a tradition that feels a little bit um, like there's some sexism in there and maybe even a little 
chauvinistic twist for me in my experience. And I realized that I really, what engagement felt like for us was um, a sort of a, a claiming, a declaration to our family and friends and our community that this is what we were choosing to do and to also to our kids. And I, I realized and we then subsequently kind of felt through what, what it was that, and how we wanted to do it differently and what it was that we wanted to bring to getting engaged. So um, when asked that question, what is engagement to you or what do you see when, when you're asked, what do you see for your engagement? I felt the first word that came to me was community. So Neil and I decided to plan our engagement ritual um, around community. And we invited a few close friends. Um, actually, we did a ritual with our healing group last week of just sort of really clearing out whatever wasn't required anymore and closing some chapters and invoking new chapters with our healing community. And, and this week here with our friends here in Maine, we did a little ritual and we proposed to each other and we brought in a lot of um, different elements that we, I think, want to talk about some here. Um, and also it was just in being witnessed and really bringing in the equality of me proposing to Neil as much as he proposed to me and meeting each other fully equally in the center. And um, I gave him a ring and he gave me a ring. And we both got down on one knee at the same time and had everyone count to three so that we could ask each other at the exact same moment. And somehow that felt really fitting too. So we decided to do it a little differently. And I think that that's sort of the theme of our relationship in general. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Differently than it's done and differently than either of us has done it before, right. um, which, is, which is huge, I think, for us. And um, yeah, I'm feeling not, I think for those of you who heard our last episode together, you're not going to be surprised that I'm feeling a little emotional right now and not my most articulate self because just being in in your presence and bring being brought back to to the ritual that was just yesterday it's um it was so powerful to be in choice around it mm -hmm. and I was thinking about um about what it was like to be in the choice to be witnessed by community versus being witnessed by random people in a restaurant or, you know, there was some really uh, powerful intention to that choice and the choice to, I, I liked how when we proposed to each other, it actually felt really light to me, like, like supremely light, um, almost funny but in like a in like a merriment kind of way mm. not in a this is ridiculous kind of way 
So on the one hand, we're talking about engagement and marriage and and all and those things occur on the continuum of commitment and the kind of commitment that couples make with each other. And there's some irony, I think, in how our experience of commitment has actually helped us feel more free in our own lives and also in relationship with each other. Um, of course, there are ways that being committed makes a person less free. And so, Chloe, I'm wondering if you can talk for a minute about your, your perspective on that. I can offer mine too, but what's your perspective on how choosing so strongly and closing exits and and now even with these rings that we're wearing uh how does that help you feel more free mm. great question <laughs> <laughs> i <sighs> there's something about a commitment to me and this is a kind of commitment for me i've never felt before I've never I in fact never knew I I doubted that I would ever feel so truly committed that an act like getting engaged wouldn't be absolutely terrifying to me and I was really reveling in the fact that this word freedom after we got engaged to each other yesterday the word freedom just kept coming to me and realizing that in the commitment and in the the really um, the honoring, the naming of wanting to be together, wanting to commit to being monogamous with each other, the wanting to commit to the family and the love that we share, it was it really started birthing this new kind of freedom inside of me where it feels like the freedom to to heal in a deeper way it's like the safety that's created by the commitment the safety that's created by the container the safety that just us declaring to our families and friends and holding that with us made it feel for me like oh i can even go deeper I can, um, it's like opened a doorway to even more growth and the freedom to be even more myself. And, you know, it's interesting. I've even seen my body change in the last few months as we've really chosen this together. And it feels like my body's just relaxing. It's like, it's like, oh, I can, I can, I can can relax I can be um, in a different kind of presence um, I don't there's not like this kind of you know thing going the game that happens or the the you know all of the stuff that comes with um, pre-engagement <laughs> all the dating all the all of that it's like oh there's a relaxation there's a freedom within me that comes from just 
being here and choosing the commitment. Um, and I and I was in awe of how easeful it was, and realizing, you know, five years ago, I I I didn't know if I'd ever be able to commit in a way without feeling some form of like angst or 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 regret or something like that. This might be a good moment too to remind you that. Chloe and I, like we haven't always felt that way. And Mm -hmm. part of our relationship journey has been this path of constantly choosing growth, constantly choosing healing, using the problems that have come up for us as doorways into closer connection and, um, you know, that's so often what pulls couples apart is that conflicts arise or things happen that, you know, one partner hurts the other and and those become the seeds of the destruction of a relationship mm-hmm. because they never really get addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that this easefulness is something that, actually I can say it's not I'm not sure. It's like I'm sure that if we had tried this a year and a half ago, we wouldn't have had easefulness there. We might've still said yes, because I think we were yeses then, but it would have been yes with a whole lot of like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so, and and I think that, you know, if, if someone's listening to this and you're already married, then there's still like a healing process to go through. Mm. So this is just the way that we've chosen to go about it. And there's more healing, I'm sure, for us to do and more growth and more joy and more everything, hopefully. I mean, mm. that's part of the richness that that we choose in our relationship is to keep it vital. Um, mm. Well, and there's this whole idea of I mean, we've really chosen a different way. There's this whole idea of like grids and systems and society's projections and judgments around marriage. And there's so much baggage, whether it's ancestral baggage or societal baggage or there's just so much that has been placed on this word or institution of marriage. And you know, whether it's people getting engaged in in the process of getting married or people that have been married for 45 years or people that have been married for 10 years or anywhere in between that, there's, there's something that we've chosen to do, which is liberate ourselves from really existing as those things that have been created by cultures and societies and all the different traditions and the projections and um that was part of our ritual and i think that's part of our our um practice in this next phase of our lives is really clearing out our concept of what marriage even is and clearing out all of the ways you know people say oh it's the beginning of the end or 
you know, you're not going to have sex now <laughs> or, you know, there's like a Do lot. Do they say that? <laughs> of, I've heard it, yeah, you know? Yeah. There's so much, there's so much intensity around it because let's be honest, most, not most, but I think a lot of marriages aren't happy marriages and people stay together, but they're struggling as we all know and what this relationship podcast has been so amazing for is helping people come out of the struggle and thrive in their relationship and so i just would want to i just want to offer that notion that that we can exist outside of these societal projections and judgments around it and yeah you know what i'm realizing too is that the podcast started with this underlying assumption that there is a way to do relationship differently and where you don't fall victim to what many people in, what happens to many people in the world which is you know relationships are born out of this initial passion and chemistry and um and that's when a lot of the important decisions get made you right. know like I love you. I f you're amazing. Let's have babies. Let's get married. Like all of that can come pretty quickly for a lot of people before they've even had their moment of reckoning with each other right. and really seen the reality of each other right. and then grown into love in the reality of each other. Right. So, um, so, so what I'm, what I'm getting to is that the, the podcast itself had this assumption that we're that we're talking about right now in terms of the intention that we brought to our ritual around how do you tear apart literally maybe um how do you tear apart the ways that you see marriage that you see relationship that you see commitment or that it sees you through the eyes of the world and what happens when you tell someone, oh, I just got engaged, or oh, meet my new sweetie, or whatever it is, what they project on you. How do you take apart those really solidified assumptions and belief structures that you may be putting on yourself that you and your partner may be putting on each other that's carried in your dna for right goodness sakes, like. right because that those assumptions have i mean let's give them some credit like they got us here like here we all are you're listening to the show chloe and i are sitting here in our lovely room chatting and that's because of the amazing power of those structures so they're not all bad but the question isn't like like how do we get rid of it and and totally create something new it's more like how do we take apart the pieces it's like having a puzzle where you take it apart and then you can put it together in a to and create a totally new picture and leave some of the pieces out and i wonder if anyone's invented a puzzle like that it seems mm. like it would be pretty cool would be pretty cool um but so you get what i'm saying though it's it's like we want to we want to be left with the raw ingredients so that we can pick and choose and even be free to add the new things that, you know, they didn't even, like, I think my parents never probably opened a bottle of cumin in their life, you know, but, 
And I don't use cumin all that much, but it's like really handy in the right moment. So <laughs> we want to add cumin to your relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is this, this way in which we, we all can choose something new. And, and, you know, each step is a choice and each day is a choice to be together whether or not that feels like a choice for some of you who have been married for a long time, like it still is a choice each day. And that's another aspect of freedom. That's another aspect of freedom. Yeah. And there's, you know, choosing to do it differently than our ancestral line has done or our family has done or our society has done or you know, liberating, that's a part of freedom, like liberating us from all of that so that we can come to like this moment, almost like this moment is its own dimension. And it's like, how can we let go, like let these things melt away so that each day we come to the present moment and this present dimension in, in a a feeling through and and in in the curiosity of what it is that we bring to each other today and what it is that we're bringing in ourselves and what growth can we choose today and what does divine love feel like here in this moment together today not based on what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow but today in this moment and that's a beautiful thing I wonder if you'd like to offer a um, some wording around how to create intention for that, um, because we use um, we use some clearings around this particular thing, clearings that are meant to on a, on an energetic and on a spiritual level uh, break down these structures so that we can reinvent them mm -hmm. as the, as they can actually serve us every day mm -hmm. um and the way that we typically do it uses language that is meaningful for us so um but rather than give you that because it may not be meaningful for you i'm wondering if we can give this to to our listeners in a way that um can serve them and mm. and bring intention, not only the way that we're talking about bringing intention to the choice to be together, the choice to commit, so exercising your freedom in committing, but also the choice to, uh, the choice to recognize that we have these patterns and we have these belief structures and to say, I choose to not be held back by them. And mm. I don't know what that means. I'm not gonna like make the new puzzle right now, but I know enough to know that this isn't serving me anymore. Mm. So what's a way that someone listening might be able to take this concept and give some language to it mm. and invoke something for their own lives? Mm. I mean, you know, I've never actually done it this way, but what just came to me as you were speaking and has sort of been percolating there in the background is, you know, 
actually getting out a notebook and 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 really sitting with what what is the baggage what is the stuff what is it that society is telling you marriage is or relationship is or love is even what is it that you've projected or judged upon your partner that's holding them back or holding you back what is it that you've invited them from them upon you you know like so I don't know if that's totally clear, but there's there's this way I could see writing writing it down and acknowledging for yourself, like, oh wow, I'm I'm actually running this judgment about you all the time, or oh wow, I'm actually running this judgment about myself that's inviting you to play into that story. Or oh wow, I have this weird belief that's not even mine, but was created you know, by a society that's jaded around love or marriage or, oh, wow, I have. So just really taking a few minutes to just write down what it is that you feel is impacting you from being fully in the moment. Yeah. And I want to mention, too, because this was something that came to me during our ritual was that there are these things that will be obvious to you when you're making this list, the negative things. Mm -hmm. And it's worth also noting the positive things because even your positive ideas about yourself or your partner may be holding you back, Mm -hmm. maybe holding you back from experiencing your partner anew and fresh. Maybe holding them back. Exactly. Yeah, or may stop you from having compassion when they're not that because mm-hmm. it will feel like a betrayal versus just like, okay, this is the person that I'm with today, mm-hmm. you know. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, no, I, I so appreciate that because it's, it's true and it's, it's really about own, like owning it all. Yeah. And the good and the bad and the stuff that might seem a little less obvious. And, you know, for me, it might be something I made up when I was two about marriage or, you know, in my, in my perspective, in my way of looking at life, it might even be something I came in with from another lifetime. And so to really just like sit with for a moment and even free write or just write down all of these things. And then there's, we use wording that feels a little charged, but it's actually really powerful to harness this force. Um, And we use the words destroy and uncreate. And it's like harnessing that potency of destruction and uncreating to, for good, for as a catalyst for clearing out. So we kind of use this wording of, um, it's sort of, it's asking, it's like, I'm, I'm really commanding that I'm, I'm going to destroy and uncreate all the ways in which I have judged you or um, seen you or been you or or projected upon you or put you on a pedestal or um, made contracts with you 
consciously or unconsciously, there's you can just sort of start naming. And if your partner is willing to do it, it's a beautiful exercise to do together, just like looking into each other's eyes and and saying, you know, all the ways. And, and you might find that as you speak and as you're reading, but as you speak as well, things will just come, come will flow through that you won't, you might not have even known was there, but it's like an unconscious thing of like, oh, and all the ways in which I've somehow used that inspiration that you gave me to do this thing that actually held you back, that actually, you know, it's, it's just fascinating how the energy um, works when you really when you start to really do it and it's this beautiful way of owning and it's also a beautiful way of honoring and it's also it, it brings both of you into the present moment the dimension of the present moment and acknowledging all the richness that came before and all the richness that's to come but it's really clearing it out so that it's like what is it and the beautiful thing do you want to speak a bit about your recognition the other day of how this actually builds more intimacy? Yeah. Um, so we had just gone through doing a whole bunch of this destroying and uncreating and with each other and then with, with other people in our community of, of healers. And what became really powerfully clear for me was how taking apart and dismantling all the projections that we have on each other and the stories and the stories and you know whether that be the judgments or the ways that we um, really appreciate each other that that as we peeled those things back and and gave ourselves permission to experience each other anew um, I actually felt closer yeah. to the people that I was doing this with. And, um, you know, Chloe and I walked away from it feeling like, wow, this, we should do this every day. Every morning. Yeah. Um, so the language is powerful um, and the process is powerful. And it's also simple because really what we're doing is giving each other permission to be who we are every day and inviting that from each other, um, inviting that from the world. And, and that word inviting, I think is also important too, because there are all these ways that we project onto the world. And then there are the ways that we invite ourselves right. to be projected on or to be seen. Or if you think about it in terms of relationship um, with those familiar patterns of interacting that often happen for us in relationship, Part of that is the other person and who they are. And then part of it is how we are inviting the other person to interact with us. So maybe it's through being a caretaker that we invite the other person to not take responsibility for themselves. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's the opposite, like through being um, totally standoffish or um, isolating that we're inviting the other person to be needy and overbearing. Uh, exactly. Right. So, I mean, those are a couple examples of distorted patterns around what we invite from the other. Um, and it could be too, that you're so generous and giving and amazing and loving with your partner, which is good, but so much so that, that there's no space for them to show up for you that way. 
So that's an example of how um, those kinds of things, even though they seem positive, like you, you might be like this really kind, romantic, amazing person who wonders why your partner is never that way with you. And it may be because they don't feel like they have an opening to do that with you. So anyway, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. And all of that to say, we're not saying destroy and uncreate everything that you've ever done for your partner that's romantic and don't ever do that again. It's not that at all. It's just, it's literally just owning the energy of it and and clearing it out so that each moment we can choose what we're doing from a clear place from from moment to moment instead of it being based on anything before or to come, but just coming in in this moment and and what it is that we each feel moved to do for each other or with each other or right it just it just helps to shift and you know i mean i suppose you could destroy and uncreate with your arch enemies or something and be like and now that i've destroyed and uncreated you there will be or my relationship to you there will be no relationship from here on, like I suppose that's possible, right? But, but that's not—that's not where we're talking. And about. and I would think destroying and uncreating your enemies, or <laughs> or for instance, your ex-husband or wife, like mm. it might shift the energy to the point where they don't feel like an enemy anymore. Because mm. a lot of when we hold the negativity, she's so insightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we hold the negativity and we hold these patterns for so long, it can feel like oh my God, I never want to talk to this person again. They betray me. They did this, da di da di da But when you actually destroy and uncreate that energy, that charge that's been there for years or whatever it is, it may just soften. And whether or not you want to be friends with that person, it might not be the charge and this thing that sort of feels like in some way it's unconsciously running you. Or whenever you think of that person, you contract it might actually allow you to just be yeah, or even feel compassion. So, so it's really just about coming into the moment um, more and more fully and, and choosing and re-choosing and always, you know, um, feeling into what it is that's most life-giving in that moment, what it is that would most feed you, what it is that would most feed your partner, and what it is that would most feed the relationship. And, and you can also do this with marriage. So you could destroy and uncreate your relationship to marriage or your relationship to engagement or your relationship to commitment. I've done it um, with my relationship to pain because I've, over the years, had... I, I tend to process things through pain in my body, and I, I did it for 30 days every day, about 10 times on pain. And it really shifted my relationship to that, all the victimization that I felt and all the ways in which I get mad at myself or get mad at the pain or get mad at this or that. And it's just a really powerful practice of, of seeing how we can be held back um, by our all of these different kinds of relationships in our life um, that have so much judgment and projection. So basically, as I said, you can write this all down or if you just want to kind of 
talk to each other and let it freeform flow through talking, that's good too, whatever it is that you decide. And honestly, too, if your partner isn't someone that is open to this or doesn't really want to do it with you, you can absolutely do it on your own. You don't have to have the person in front of you. You can you can destroy and uncreate your relationship to them. And again, I just want to reiterate these words. I know the words have charge and it's not about like, I'm going to destroy and uncreate my relationship to them so I'm never going to be with them. It's it's destroying and uncreating the energy that's there, the charge that's holding you back. It's not destroying and uncreating them. Right, it's destroying and uncreating everything that keeps you from being fully present. Right. And then particularly in your relationships, um, it really frees you up to be in a place to love your partner that much more freely, Right. which is how we started. And bringing this you into deeper intimacy because as Neil was speaking about, like the stories and all of the past things, whether it's this betrayal or that happy moment or this thing, like it can kind of control you. And the more you peel away and the more you're in the moment and choosing to be in the moment together, the closer you feel. It's like all those stories are layers that are actually keeping you from feeling really, really close to each other. Yeah, basically, I think if you're if you're spending a lot of energy trying to relive happy moments from the past or avoid the painful moments from the past, then those are all signs that you're not really being fully present with the person, with yourself for one thing, and then with the person that you're with. Right. And so once you write these down and once you bring them, you know, whether you're doing it just by yourself or bring them to your partner and do it for each other, which is a beautiful practice, um, I can actually just, I could say the wording. Yeah. you. Why don't you come up with, on the spot, without having planned it at all, why, <laughs> why don't you, um, well, I would love it if you offered some actual language for people. And then I'm, I'm thinking maybe we do it to bring this episode to a close. Not that we mm. practiced that. Um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to start thinking about it right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um that might be a way to also give an example of how we're doing it. Wow, okay. We'll destroy and uncreate each other right here on the show. All right. So maybe 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 we do that. I mean, do we need to offer the language before they hear it? All right, let's do that first and then we'll talk about distill the language. Thank you so much for your patience in and allowing us to work through this with you. <laughs> what we're going to do. <laughs> Um, we decided to be really free with today's yes. show and just, just go with it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any last bit around the freedom and the commitment. And I think I just wanted to say too, that even though we're free forming it for today's show, that, um, that we do see commitment and the, con- as a very important aspect of the container the container being this bigger piece of how do you actually set up the structure for your relationship in a way that creates safety, but not like necessarily boring safety, like the kind of safety that gives you freedom to 
be vital and experiment and take risks and mm -hmm. be vulnerable and mm -hmm. all of that. So, right. um, so this is just one piece of the bigger picture. And even that, that picture of container is one piece of the bigger picture of all of these, um, important aspects of building an amazing growth oriented thriving relationship that Chloe and I have been working on. And at some point in the not too distant future, we have been working on our book, which you've heard mentioned on the podcast and also um, an online course that'll be there for you as well. Yeah. So just to, I wanted to plant a couple seeds for that. Great. Um, and also I just wanted to mention this, this idea and this clearing you're about to hear um, was created by Gabrielle Lachiara, our teacher. So we've really kind of brought our own twist to it, and here we are talking about it in um, context of relationship. But I just wanted to give a little um, credit where credit is due. Credit where credit is due. Yeah, and Gabrielle, she'll be on the show again um, at some point soon, and you can hear her uh, in episode 16. Yes. Okay. Okay. Who's going to go first? Let's test. Okay, I'm going to go first. Chloe. I command the light of consciousness to destroy and uncreate all the ways in which I know feel, be, and see you in any and all ways in which I have invited you to know, feel, be, and see me. Any ways in which my thoughts about how I should be loved have kept you from loving me the way that you love, any ways in which my fear that I won't be loved has kept me from receiving the love that you offer and kept me from showing up to fully love you. and any ways in which my feeling unworthy have become unworthiness and kept me from experiencing my own value and kept you from experiencing my value or your own value as reflected through my eyes, through my actions, through my words through, I probably can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> through everything. And I also command the light of consciousness to destroy and uncreate any ways in which how much I enjoy your smile has kept me from enjoying your tears. Activate change and generate healing immediately. 
Mm, and I invoke, incant, proclaim, and pronounce. Uh, harmony, pure consciousness, and the beauty of smiles and tears in all relations, especially ours. Activate change and generate healing immediately. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So now I'll do it, and then we'll just speak a little bit about the wording and, and what it all means. So Neo, I command the light of consciousness to destroy and uncreate everything that I know, feel, be and see about you all the judgments i've had on about you and all the projections all the ways in which i've put you on a pedestal or put myself on a pedestal over you all the control patterns that I've run or asked you to run, all the any way in which I've asked for you consciously or unconsciously to love me. Or to see me. I also command the light of consciousness to destroy and uncreate every way in which I've invited you to know, feel, be, and see me and all the ways in which I've invited you to love me. <laughs> all the ways, all the codependency, all the ways in which I've wanted to please you or asked you to please me and all those weird contracts and little things that have, that can fly in there and sort of run the show, all the ways in which I've wanted to please you by not speaking my truth and all the ways in which I've asked you not to speak your truth to somehow please me or all the delusions and distortions in that, all the patterns, healthy or unhealthy, that have held us back. all the agreements that we've made, consciously or unconsciously. I command the light of consciousness to destroy and uncreate all of that. 
activate change and generate healing immediately. And I invoke and can't proclaim and pronounce harmony, pure consciousness, huge divine love, compassion, grace, and ease. Activate change and generate healing immediately. <sighs> So that's just an example. Thank you. <laughs> My goodness. So that's just an example of a way to do it, a way to word it. You can kind of find your own wording that feels right. I can, we can maybe speak to the wording that's there. Um, when we command the light of consciousness, we're commanding our own light of consciousness. It's sort of this idea that each of us has our own divine connection. connection to something greater to something greater to to our soul if we believe in that or just something greater than this small little body in our experience here it's just the acknowledgement of that and using that divine power mm, or even if you're just a pure materialist like imagine harnessing as much of your consciousness as right. you possibly can right yeah and Again, find the words that feel right to you. You could also just say, I command myself myself to destroy and uncreate. Whatever it is that feels right for you. Um, so you're, you're commanding that because it's yours. It, it, you have that potency to command this energy. It's energy. I mean, energy is, everything is made up of energy. So it's just really... Um, acknowledging that that's a power that we have to command our light of consciousness, to do whatever it is that we're asking it to do. And in this case, it would be to destroy and uncreate this, these energies, these patterns, these things that we've done or projected or judgments we've had. And then, and then you'll hear us say, activate change and generate healing immediately. And then you take a deep breath in and sort of flush that through and, and let your breath clear, clear out that energy. But that also too, it's our, it's, it's an acknowledgement of that the changes are, the change is already happening. And it's really just acknowledging that the change is happening. Change is happening all the time. And every time we speak a word or a sound comes out of our mouth or our arm moves or I mean there is change happening all the time and it's just it's it's sort of like a let's acknowledge the change and also just like um infuse it or or give it a little bit more oomph um so activate change and generate healing immediately is the way we end it and then you you hear the invocation and you can say that you could just say I invoke or you could say um, I wish. I wish, or I am the possibility of, or I look forward to. I hope for <laughs> yeah. whatever feels right to you. Yeah. Um, and just sort of speaking what it is that you know, and in in that, I would just be careful to to use sort of clean language, so you're not like invoking another contract or saying I will never judge or promising something you can't keep. It it's more like choosing 
um, words that that just bring lightness and possibility and opening to the relationship. Um, and 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 pure consciousness and harmony is sort of the go-to ones, um, but you can use whatever it is that you want. Um, and that's that. Yeah, and you may notice that we used some standard, like uh, I'm destroying and uncreating all the ways in which I know, feel, be, and see you, and all the ways in which I've invited you to know, feel, be, and see me. That's the starting point for us, and you could just do that. Use that exactly. That'll because it's a lot pretty. Of it. Yeah, it's it covers a lot. Um, and if there are specific things that come to you, then that's when you heard us freeforming it. And um, and I just want to speak to how. Um, I mean, I'm curious to know like what the, the experience was like for you listening to us go through that process. But I can say that for me. I felt and feel, but especially during when we were doing that, I felt so close with you yeah. and um, like the, for me, the intimacy of that process is palpable. It's like, mm -hmm. like I couldn't imagine any, anything else than sitting across from you and, destroying and uncreating together <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so liberating mm -hmm. coming back to the freedom piece it's like it's liberation yeah it's like oh i can breathe like ah oh, i don't have to live up to all the ways in which you've wanted me to be this way or i've wanted me to be this way or you've wanted you know it's just there's so many angles that we ask of each other and that we ask from each other and all of it is just like Oh, like without all of that story, without all that energy there and all the baggage and ancestral genetics and energy that's here, it's like, who would I be without all of that? Activate change and generate healing immediately. Mm. <sighs> yeah, because as soon as you ask that question, as soon as you give voice to those thoughts, then the wheels are set in motion. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what I think is so important about conscious relationship. It's that bringing consciousness to something, as soon as you do, as soon as your awareness is on something, then it changes. Mm -hmm. I forget the physicist too, like there's this whole principle in physics about how observing something changes it. Right. And uh, I think that's true in relationship too, yeah. that you can't, as soon as you see something, it can't exist the same way anymore. Right. Mm. So that concludes another episode of Relationship Alive. Thank you so much for being here with us. And I invite you to experience the, the freedom uh, in your choice wherever you are and however your choice is being exercised. Mm. I'm just reminded too that this process can be done for yourself too. Oh yeah. So I'm not only thinking about that in relationship, but also if you're single and even you can, you could destroy and uncreate, uncreate dating. You could destroy and uncreate all the ways you've ever been in relationship or 
the judgments you have about yourself on that. There's, there's so many avenues and ways to use this, but if there's, you know, how much of the stories that we have about ourselves hold us back and judgments and projections and things that we hold about ourselves. Um, so it's just another angle too, but man, does it feel freeing and liberating. And, and I really hope that you all listening can possibly use this and bring it into your lives and, and feel that profound intimacy with yourself and with your partner, if you so choose. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast. Or you can always text the word passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time.